What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by customer service and experience speaker and trainer who has facilitated more than 1 million customer service experiences. He's been hands-on with guest experience as a guest experience leader for the last 20 years. Uh, Jesse B. Good, welcome to Give an Ovation, my man. Hello, Ovation Nation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, uh, first of all, Jesse, I would love to learn a little bit more about what keeps you busy right now? How do you, what, what do you talk about? Where do you talk? And uh, yeah, tell me about what keeps you busy, man. Yeah. So I have a, a couple of different things I'm doing, uh, mostly partnering with organizations that are looking to improve their customer experiences. That's, that's at a broad level. Uh, I love working with restaurants in that because I do have a lot of restaurant experience. Uh, came up, I, my very first job at 15 was flipping burgers at the local Wendy's. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've done, done a variety of things since then. Obviously, like I said, I've worked in some, uh, some places where we've got a lot of people coming through. My wife one day said to me, I bet you've served a million customers. And so we went through, we, we did the math on kind of places that I worked, you know, how many people, what kind of business are we doing each hour? How many of those people am I helping? And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty clear, pretty easy number to hit in some of the, some of the places that I've worked. Um, but yeah, these days uh, doing some some speaking, some coaching, some training, uh, just trying to help however I can. Uh, I published a book a couple of years ago called Happy to Help, and that's that's kind of my my mantra is you know I'm just happy to help however I can. Uh, and I think that when we do that for our customers, that's where I've seen people have the most success. In interesting, the concept of helping out your customers, of creating a great guest experience, one of the things that often happens is guest experience gets put on the back burner. It gets put on the back burner because it's really hard to get an ROI from it. So here's my question. Is there an actual ROI from guest experience? And how, how would you define that? Yeah, I, I've been asked that before is... is you know, how do I measure the ROI and, and can we afford it? And my reply is usually, how can you afford not to focus on your guest experience? Um, it, it can be tricky sometimes to measure that ROI. And some people have said, you know, oh, well, well we just figure it into doing as part of the cost of doing business. And when you are really focused on your customer, You'll see that as if you measure customer satisfaction, you use something like Ovation, for example, that as those scores improve, your revenue almost always will inevitably follow. Interesting. So is that something that you've seen? Uh, have, have you seen the, the opposite true as well? Like, have you seen as guest experience goes down, that revenue goes down? Yeah, but I, I will say it's interesting to look at data there's usually kind of a gap. They're, they won't follow in tandem. You know, on this day, we started to see a decrease in customer service. And the same day we saw 
a decrease in revenue. Usually the revenue will follow depending on what kind of facility you're operating, depending on the industry, that gap can be anywhere between one and six months. But usually as the level of service declines, you will see the revenue eventually start to decline as well. But the inverse is also true. As you focus on, hey, let's regroup. Let's make sure we're offering better service experiences to all of our guests. You'll you'll see those numbers start to climb as well. And the trailing makes sense because... It's like you have a good experience and no one's going to come in the next day and yeah. be like, oh man, I had such a good experience today. I'm going to come in tomorrow. Um, but what you see is the building up the goodwill over time, right? Yeah. And you see that happening as you, as you progress and that they're telling their friends and they're leaving good reviews and then you show up higher in search engines and there's a lot of good things that follow um, but I think that is that is really important to remember that it is revenue does lag behind guest experience yeah. and it's not going to be an immediate ROI, but it's the best way to actually grow your business. See, I, and I think you used a, a key word there is immediate. Um, I've worked with organizations that may say they see an immediate value out of a Groupon, but nobody sees long-term value in a Groupon. Uh, you can see long-term value and loyalty by focusing on your guest experience, but it doesn't happen overnight. One organization I worked with, they they tracked from one customer that came in consistently that over time, this person referred or brought in an additional 67 customers, but that was over two years. It wasn't just, oh, we're here one day, the next day here's 67 new customers, right? right. It, it, it takes time, but overall that, that cost of acquiring those new customers was, was practically nothing. We have a customer and he's just a phenomenal businessman. And I actually met him because I was eating at his restaurant and uh, I, this guy come, you know, I, I ordered my pizza and he comes up and he delivered the pizza. He was so attentive he was like, hey, let me get you some napkins. And then he comes back and I was like, sorry, are you the owner of this place? And he's like, yeah. Because, you know, especially once you've been in the business for a long time, you can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone is like, you know, the owner because they just they just care differently. And, uh, you know, we started chatting. He eventually became our customer. And one of the things that I talked to him about was like, how do you spend so much effort on treating the guests really well? And he goes, I imagine that every guest has a number above their head. And I don't know what that number is. I don't know how much revenue that guest is worth, but I know that everyone's got a number and it's a lot more than what their ticket was that day. And if you treat a guest, the value of their ticket that Mm. day, you're missing out. Because to your point, you don't know, is that the person that's going to bring in 67 new customers? Is that the person that who's, uh, LTV who or whose annual spend is going to be $6,000. And if you treat them like they just ordered a $12 pizza and that's it, you're missing out. And I was like, yeah. that, that, that really enlightened uh, things for me of like, what is, what is their number? What, how much is that guest really worth? And you don't know. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a common error that I see is people think of guest service as either 
a way to stop losing customers or just what happens when somebody's upset? Oh, okay, now we have to fix this problem, which are both important, but really a great guest service experience isn't about retaining people. It's about multiplying them. It's about Mm. making sure they come back, they spend more money each time, and then they bring back other people with them. and, And that creates business growth. I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, now, before you get to this next question, just keep in mind, I do have a kill switch here for this podcast. Do you feel like, do you feel like measuring guest experience is important? <laughs> I'm go. you know, I, I go back and forth on this. Uh, yes, it, it is important. Um, I, I will say if I, this is, if I can riff on this for a second, I do think we do actually get a little carried away in measuring the guest experience though, because yeah. there, there are so many ways to measure it. I saw a post on LinkedIn recently that said, Hey, don't know, you know, what you're measuring or how you're measuring. Here are some ways to measure. And there were over 20 different methods, patterns, methodologies, whatever you want to call it, that you can use to measure your guest experience, which I think is awesome. I would say pick the one or two that work for you and just go all in on it. Uh, A lot of people believe in NPS. I think it has its pros and its cons. Uh, You know, I'm hearing a lot more about like customer effort score, which I think can be valuable. There's not one that I'm I'm pushing over another. What just customer effort score? Um, so it's, it's based on the effort that the customer has to put into working with you. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, are you creating a frictionless experience for, for your guests? Um, for me, I I think the best thing you can measure again, there is a lag time on this, but is, are your people coming back? How often, how much are they spending and how many people are they bringing with them? I, I think is one of the biggest ones. I often, as I work with the organizations, encourage them to find what what I call your multipliers. Uh, a multiplier is kind of like a raving fan, but better. Uh, to me, a raving fan says, oh, hey, I ate at this restaurant and it was really good. You should go there sometime if you ever had the chance. Or when someone says, hey, where's a good place? You say, go to that restaurant. A multiplier is someone who says, hey, Zach, I just ate at this great place. And let's you and I on Friday go out to lunch so that I can take you there. Uh, multipliers don't just tell people about your business. They sell people about your business. Mm. Yeah, I think that that is so critical. And I like that idea of the multiplier because those are those are the the reasons every phenomenal business has multipliers. Yeah. And the more that you can know who your multipliers are and treat them like the VIPs that they are, uh, the better your business will do. Exactly. So what do you feel like is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Um Number one for me is is always the people. It's always a focus on people. And, and that's on, on both sides. A focus on if you're operating a restaurant on your own employees and consistently improving the level of guest service that you are delivering. Uh, I, I always say you train, you train again, and then you train some more. Uh, nobody ever gets one training and then knows it all and I'm perfect and I'm ready to go at, at guest service. Um, 
but I think also a, a focus on the customer. I would wager that many organizations who say, oh, we focus on the customer still have stupid policies that prevent them from really giving effective guest service to their customers. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And as as we're looking at the guest experience nowadays, it's like you really do need to just, it, it, it no longer can stay on the back burner. This is something, and, and it can't stay on the back burner because expectations are too high and switching costs are too low. Yeah. And guess guess what? You're not the only pizza joint. You're not <laughs> the only burger place in town. And, That's right. And it's it's easy to forget that you're no longer, they don't have to drive two miles to go to a different restaurant. They have to make two, two clicks and they're, they're going to a different restaurant. Yep. And so I think it's, it's really important to remember with switching costs, never been low, lower. We, you've got to focus on the guest experience. Now, any, any successful uh, tactics that you've, that you've seen or tried? Yeah, I, there's a combination of things. I, I think what I just said is, the first step of that is focusing on what your employees are doing to deliver a great guest experience. Second is being consistent with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's better to be consistently better than average than to be amazing or phenomenal once in a while. Uh, a buddy of mine shared an experience where he went to a restaurant. Uh, it was a restaurant that serves Coke. He's a Pepsi drinker. This was a restaurant in the mall. And he lamented over that he couldn't get a Pepsi. Well, the server went to a different restaurant in the mall and brought him a Pepsi, which no. was really cool. I, I I do love this story, but I always have to attach a big butt to this story. He tells me about it. So I go there. I haven't gone there, but I'm just saying, what if I go there? And then either the server's not working or the server's working, but it's too busy or you know, there's a million ors that could happen here. That's a a one-time thing. To me, that is really fantastic. I love that the server did this, but I would rather just see something that's consistently better than average than amazing once in a while. And not only that, I'll I'll take it one step further. I think that if if you deliver an eight out of 10 and you consistently deliver an eight out of 10, that is better than delivering a 10 out of 10 five times and then a three out of 10 once. Yeah. Because I look at it, you know, I've had employees I've had to let go. They do exceptional work most of the time. Sure. And the time that they don't, it's terrible work, right? And I'm like, yeah. look, I don't, meet, meet me somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. I can plan yeah. for if you're going to be consistently okay. But like, I can't plan for you to be exceptional this day and terrible that week and exceptional this week and terrible that day. Um, I, I think about there's a, there's a, the chicken sandwich wars that are just still brewing. Well, I, there's one place that they are an eight out of 10 and they are eight out of 10 every freaking time. <laughs> there's another place that I think is a 10 out of 10, but every four or five times I go there, I get a really bad sandwich. Sure. My order is totally inaccurate. They're missing items. And I literally, I met with the executives of this, of this larger chicken company. And I said, I, and I told them the story. I was like, look, let me tell you why I don't go to your restaurant anymore. I was like, because yes, it is better when it is better, but it isn't always better. That's right. And so I said, 
be better so I could love you more. <laughs> I but love it. That's I think that's a great point is being being consistent. So Jesse, who deserves an ovation? Who's somebody that we should be following? Yeah, I uh, I put a lot of thought into this before coming here, probably more than I needed to. Uh, I wanted to give an ovation to someone who just really stood out in my mind. Uh, so there is a place in Pleasant Grove, Utah. And so here's my offer. I'm not just going to give them an ovation. The next time that I'm down there, you and I are going to go there. I'm going to take you there. It, maybe you've been there. So it, it's called Paul's Place. It's a sandwich shop. And as far as I know, I mean, I, I was just Googling. There are other Paul's places, but it's their only Paul's place. I, I don't think it's part of a larger chain. Uh, but Paul's Place Sandwich Shop in Pleasant Grove, Utah, uh, I'm going to give them an ovation. They are the last place that I ate at for the first time that I can't wait to go back to. I've eaten oh. at other places for the first time since then and just kind of said, yeah, that's fine. Paul's Place is the one that I, I'm saying I can't wait to get back there. Uh, good food, great service, great people. And, and I, I would say I, again, to what we were saying earlier, probably not a 10, but, but consistently an eight. So w- would you say that that prime rib looks uh, prime rib French dip looks amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't have the prime rib when I went now, now I got to go back. It's, it's been over a year since I've been there. Um, not that I don't want to go. I, I used to live in that area and we moved a little over a year ago. And occasionally I travel down that way. So right. the, the next time our schedules sync up, I'm going, I'm going to be a multiplier and I'm going to take you to Paul's place. I may have to beat you there because <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> okay. Awesome, man. Well, how do people find and follow you, Jesse? Yeah, uh, you can learn more on my website, jessebegood.com. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. Again, just search for Jesse B. Good. Uh, I I was starting to get a little active on uh, the Twitters, but that's, you know, who knows what's happening there now. (laughs) And, uh, And yeah, I mean... Like I said, I'm always happy to help, always happy to have a conversation. Uh, you can email me, jesse at jessebegood.com. You know, let's let's have a conversation and, and talk about what's going on and what you need help with. Well, Jesse, for getting through this entire podcast without one single joke about how your name really is, Jesse Be Good, and your whole life goal is to help others to be good. Today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.